Welcome to the last 8% morning. This is JP Palu Fry. It is so great to walk with you today. In this episode, are you feeling anxious or stressed about the approaching U.S. election? Are you worried about what the outcome will mean or how people will react afterward? If so, know you are not alone. Many of us are feeling a mix of worry and trepidation and rumination and maybe even helplessness as November 3rd approaches. With the election upon us, now seems an appropriate time to have an episode on kindness, both the science of kindness and the practice of kindness for ourselves and for others. In this episode, we look at the barriers to kindness. Let's walk. Out walking, enjoying this gorgeous day, moving as we are able. Feel your feet on the ground. Feel your belly rise and fall. And just arrive in this moment. If you are new to the last 8% morning, we walk. We integrate movement and mindfulness and mental training exercises, a form of drip learning so we can build the skills of emotional intelligence, so we can use our most difficult situations as opportunities to transform, so we can become the best version of ourselves and have the kind of impact we want to have in this world. So we start by walking. And we follow a B-I-G structure. Couple of B's, couple of I's, couple of G's. We start by making our bed when we wake up. That's really important. If you're not sure why, please go back to the episode that describes why. We have a book club. That's another one of the B's. So it's like a five-minute book club. And again, go back to one of the other episodes. You'll learn why we have this five-minute book club and then we start walking we tune into our belly and our body which is what we're doing right now so those are the b's there's a couple of i's we have either intention or sorry identity statement where we work on our identity or we have an idea of the day and then we finish with our three by three which is goals and gratitude and breathing. So that's what we're going to cover today. I'm so excited to be with you today. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And if you're not, I hope you're just present with not having a great day and just staying with it, befriending. Because that's what mindfulness is. As we are walking, as we are looking around, standing tall, feeling grateful, mindfulness is about can we be with things as they are? not trying to change them, not trying to push them away. 
And the irony, the beautiful irony is that by not pushing away, by befriending no matter what we feel in terms of our physical sensations, our emotions, that voice in our head, the irony is that by welcoming, it loses its power. And we can be in wiser relationship to whatever it is we're experiencing. And this is what makes us tough to be able to handle these last 8% situations. So just walking, feeling your feet on the ground. Feeling our hands and arms swing. Feeling our belly rise and fall. And if our mind wanders, just let go of the thought or story or fantasy that has taken it away and just come back and be present. It's a big part of this whole practice is to begin again and just be present with whatever is in our field of awareness. Feeling our head and neck now, just tuning in. What sensations are present? Without trying to change them, just be present for what is. And if you feel even a bit of anxiety, befriend it somewhere in your body, breathe into it. Welcome it and just feel so grateful to be alive. So those were the B's. Now we're going to move to our I, which is idea of the day, which is kindness. You want to build great relationships and feel connected to the important people in your life. You want to show up as your best in these relationships. You want to treat people well. Kindness might even be one of your core values, and you want to be seen as someone who lives their values and is, in fact, kind. But you struggle. You sometimes don't show up very kind to others. In fact, maybe at times you can be abrupt and not very nice at all, especially in heated moments. Sometimes you notice this after the fact, sometimes during, but either way, it does not make you feel proud. And this is a big one for you, as you have seen other people not act very kind at work, maybe, or in your community, or or online, or in your family, and you think, I don't want to be that person. So what to do? You need a plan. At the last 8% morning, as you know, we are all about plans. And that is amazing because I am so not a planner personally, but I know the research and it's so clear that if we want to grow into a better version of ourselves, it simply will not happen if we do not have a plan to get us there. 
a structure of sorts. You know, and as someone with ADD, that is something I have learned is to create structure for myself. So maybe it's more structure than plan, but either way, we need both a structure and a plan. And today, that's what we're going to do. Give you a plan to understand the science of kindness and start to create a practice that will help put kindness into action. And if you stay focused on this plan, this structure, you will surprise yourself about how kindness can become something that you default to, can become part of your character, part of the transformation that you experienced through the last 8% project without even really being aware of it. You will also become a model of kindness for others. How exciting is that? You will influence others simply by changing yourself, by changing your behavior. So let's start with what are the barriers to being kind? Because after all, I think most of us want to be kind. We, you know, we see being kind as something that's important. On the other hand, I also want to say being kind does not mean that we are soft, do not have edge, or the ability to be tough and fair-minded when it is required. As Franklin Delano Roosevelt said, human kindness has never weakened the stamina or softened the fiber of a free people. A nation does not have to be cruel to be tough. What a great quote, especially given the election season we are in. But there are barriers. There's three barriers that I want to focus on today that can get in the way of our good intention to be kind. Number one, our emotions. Number two, being halted. And I'll tell you what that means in a minute. And number three, pressure. So let's go through each one of these. And just as you're walking, standing tall, taking a deep breath right down into your toes, looking around, feeling grateful, The first barrier to kindness can be found in our emotions, specifically feelings of hurt. Now, you might have thought I would have said maybe anger. Well, actually, anger is a secondary emotion, which means it is driven by something else. It's kind of like an iceberg. People may see anger. We might experience anger inside. But what is far bigger Underneath, like an iceberg, is hurt. And hurt, it's not always just hurt, but hurt is a big one around the secondary emotion of anger. But this hurt, if we are closed off to it, or we do not have the skills to manage it, it can drive our behavior. Because here's the thing, we all start off with the intention to be kind. Or, by the way, any behavior. But in this case, we're talking about kindness. We start off with that good intention to be kind, And if we don't manage our strong emotions such as hurt, and by the way, it's inevitable we will feel strong emotions, then these emotions can get in the way of our good intention and can cause us to have impact that we don't intend. So this is why we build the skills of emotional intelligence. Because we often act from this emotion of hurt or frustration without really being aware of it, and hurting people in the process, being unkind, 
and justifiably, at least in our mind, justifiably so. And so, I mean, this is a big reason why we have this podcast and this Last 8% Project, because we have a need to deal with difficult situations like a Last 8% Conversations, because if we avoid the tough conversations, the Last 8% Conversations, we end up leaving residue in our relationship, and we are more at risk of letting our emotions get in the way of our intention to be kind, or whatever our intention is, but in this case, to be kind. As Mark Twain said, anger is an acid that can do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Wow, that's a great, great quote. Do more harm to the vessel in which it is stored than to anything on which it is poured. Wow. So, you know, this is what it means to be a last eight percenter. We take responsibility for our situation and our emotions. We work hard and we learn how to manage our emotions so that emotions have a lower probability of getting in the way. So, number one, it's emotions. That can be a barrier to kindness. The second barrier to being kind is when we are halted. What does that mean? This means... It's an acronym, H-A-L-T, not ours originally. It came from somewhere else. I think the 12-step program, which means H is hungry, A is angry, L is lonely, T is tired, so halted. When we are halted, when we're not taking care of ourselves as we would like, we are more at risk for being unkind. So I'm going to ask you right now, what is it for you? Of these four, what is it for you? Where are you most at risk? As you know, if you're a long-time listener, mine is being tired. Probably followed by being hungry. But boy, when I'm tired, ah, you know, that's when I can show up as my less than best self. And that's when, after an interaction, I think, oh my gosh, how could I have done that? I, I know better. What am I doing? So what is it for you? As Albert Einstein said, an empty stomach is not a good advisor. (laughs) All right, so emotions can be a barrier, number one. Number two, when we're halted. And, And let's just remember, I really believe that most of us have the intention to be kind. And it's just these things that get in the way. So if we can clear out these things that get in our way, we will be more the kind person that we want to be. So the third barrier to being kind is pressure. And you might remember from season one, I told the story about the Good Samaritan. And it's a story I think that's worth reminding ourselves about. So Princeton Seminary, about 35 years ago, students were going to be giving a sermon on the Good Samaritan story, which you might remember. And if you don't, it's when a man helps a stranger on the road while others just simply walk by and leave this person for dead. And if you remember from the earlier telling, what the students did not know was that there was an appointment across, sorry, there was no appointment across campus. The researchers were interested in seeing who would stop and help a needy student on their way. 
So they planted a, a man slumped in a doorway, coughing, groaning, clearly in distress on the path the students would travel. It would be so very obvious to the students passing by that this man needed help. And so what they did is they had half the students who went, they were, these half were told they were running late for giving this lecture and they should hurry. The other half were told they were on time. That was the only difference. And so what was going on is these experimenters put half the students in more of a pressure situation, you know, where they had to choose between their kind of self-interest, being on time, giving the sermon, versus, or, you know, choosing between that and helping someone in need and being kind. And the variable, this is what was interesting about the study, the variable that made the biggest difference in who stopped and helped and showed kindness was not religiosity or personality variables or anything else that they had studied in each of these students. The biggest variable was pressure, the feeling of the need to get to their appointment on time. And what's amazing is of those students who were told they were on time, who did not feel the pressure of time, 63% stopped to help the man in distress. Of the group who were told they were running behind, only 10% stopped to help. How many times do we find ourselves moving so fast throughout our day that we miss important cues in our environment to our detriment, to the detriment of our team or family? We miss the colleague who's struggling with a new assignment, or we miss how engagement level is going down on our team as they face yet another deadline on a big project. When we are under pressure, as the study shows, we can miss so much and not be the kind person we want to be. And a lot of times we're not even aware of it. That's the amazing part in all of this. And after all, if a seminary student is going to give a lecture on the Good Samaritan story, if they fail to stop to help a person in need because of the effects of pressure, who is immune? So be wary. Pressure can alter our behavior and our decision-making in ways we, not, we may not be fully aware, sabotaging our best intentions. And in this season of the election, there are going to be many opportunities where maybe people who are on the opposite, opposite side of the spectrum, the political spectrum, we need to try to be kind to. And in order for that to be to happen, and just in our families or at our in our organizations, we need to clear out the barriers. So be aware of emotions of hurt. Have a last eight percent conversation. Be aware when you're halted, and maybe now is not the best time to engage in a conversation if you're halted. And then, of course, be aware of pressure. Be aware of how we can move so fast and miss important cues. So given all that we have going on in our lives, it is even more important that we practice kindness, that we be mindful and self-aware to say, okay, what's going to put me in the best position to be kind, if that's something we value? Next episode, we're going to cover some of the scientific benefits of kindness, as well as 
a fantastic practice to help you build this into your day, both for yourself and for others. So feeling your feet on the ground, looking around, standing tall, feeling grateful. Thinking about how do we want to show up? What kind of person do we want to be? Do we want to be kind? How can we make that happen? There is a path. There is a plan. And you're on the plan. You're here. Congratulations. So now let's move to our three by three. Three mindful breaths. Feel the breath come right down into the toes, calming this body. And releasing tension as you breathe out. Now moving to our three gratitudes. What can you feel grateful for? Now, three goals. And if you've done our goal-setting workshop, perfect, because you'll have a laminated piece of paper at home when you get home that you can write these goals down for the day. If you haven't, go back, listen to the workshop series, download the worksheet, get to work. But let's think of three goals, three activities that are really important today to help us drive our three-month focus, our one-year plan, and our three-year best life. Wonderful. Now, just bringing this energy into the day, this momentum into the day of being on fire, of being focused, of being more in charge of our emotions, more able to deal with challenging emotions, more able to show up as our best self. As Ralph Waldo Emerson said, you cannot do a kindness too soon, for you never know how soon it will be too late. Have a wonderful day.